Well, we just saw Children of the Sea. And it was great, but we have a lot of questions. And I feel like Moby Dick won that round. We've got all you need to know about this new anime film coming right up now. Wi-Fi Radio Extra. Yes, it's another Kawaii-Fi Extra for a film because Children of the Sea finally arrived in Australian shores, at least, in New Zealand. We got to... It only came out last week, I think. Yeah, and uh, yet to come out in America and overseas, right? Yeah, no, there's there's no release information for the US yet, but G-Kids are organising the dub and distribution at the moment, and no word on the UK European release yet, but France has already seen it. Ah, well, France yeah, um, actually They has saw it in June. Oh, really? Like, is that when it was released in Japan? Uh, it was released in Japan, I think, June 7, and then June the you 8th, know, they had it at a festival in that, France. That doesn't surprise me, because the French are very into their bande dessinée, as everyone will yeah. probably remember from all the um, material we've seen on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, So, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that France got no, got it so far. Not at all. But we should probably tell you what this, um, this lovely little uh, show about um, this is a film which is based on a manga, which yes. surprisingly did very very well in Japan from what was it 2007 to 2011. Ran for five volumes, 42 mm. chapters, written by Igarashi Daisuke, um, Children of the Sea, which is actually uh, Kaiju no Kodomo. Which uh, makes you immediately go, Kaiju, is that a... Yes, it's like, is Godzilla going to play a no, part in this? So no. For some reason I thought I heard Kodama, like spirit. Kodomo. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> like the dragon. No. I <laughs> just I just was like, oh, you, you're hopeful. I'm hearing things. Maybe I understand more of this language than I than I think I do, but So no. here's the fun thing. The kaiju in the Japanese title is the term for a marine mammal written with the characters that literally mean sea beast. However, it's pronounced exactly the same way but written differently for kaiju which means strange beasts such as Godzilla. Is it written in kanji? Yes. Yeah, because they have different, um, like, they c- it can be the same word, but if they use slightly different characters, it has a different contextual exactly. meaning. Mm. Which is crazy. So, look, yes. let, let's get stuck in um, Children of the Sea. We'll give you the uh, the plot synopsis now. For, for obviously, first things first, mild spoilers, not plot-related yeah. spoilers, but visual-related spoilers for this. Yeah. Um, it won't give you any idea of what's actually going to happen in the film, but it will tell you that... Something strange happens in the film. I mean, I'm still not entirely sure what just happened. Yeah. So, the story centres on Ruka. She's a young girl whose parents are separated and her father works at an aquarium. Now, while Ruka is suspended from school, her school handball team, uh, because you'll see, um, she decides to visit her father who works at an aquarium. And while she's there, she meets and befriends Umi, a boy who was raised in the sea by dugons along with his sickly brother Sora. A.K.A. sea cows, correct? Is that what they call them? I think they call sea cows. Yes, they are. I love dugons. I wish I could like cuddle one. Cuddle a dugon. They just look so cuddly. I know, but it would be such a happy squash. (laughs) A happy squash? Before I suffocate. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I have those kind of feelings towards lions all the time. It's like, yeah, it would kill me if I hugged it, but I would go out hugging a big kitty. Mm. Yeah. Now, these two boys seem to share a connection with the ocean and they seem to have the ability to communicate with sea creatures. And while their power seems to be connected to strange events that have been occurring, more and more frequently, sea creatures far from their home are 
appearing from territories they don't mm. normally appear in. And yeah, like animals. a humpback whale comes out of the water in uh, New York. Fantastic visual yeah, display yeah. as well. Uh, then there's, you know, uh, animals are disappearing from aquariums around the world as well. And oh. it's just like, okay, so... Free willy situation happening right here in Japan. Yeah, exactly. Watch like out, free everyone. Free starfish. <laughs> <laughs> so Ruka feels drawn to these boys and begins to realise that she has some sort of supernatural connection to the ocean as well. And that gets explored throughout the film. It's really quite beautiful. Mm, right. It is absolutely stunning, this film. One thing that I noticed immediately was the hand-drawn aspect of yeah. it. It looks like a hand drawing all the way through. And that just... Oh my gosh, there was so much to look at. It's not only the the lines, mm. but the colours and the textures. My goodness. Like if you saw Weathering With You earlier this year, and we, we said the animation for that was beautiful and incredible, mm. but you still knew it was animation. With this, sometimes I was looking at the screen going, is that actually just, you know, a photo? Is mm. it? I like, can definitely say that for a few moments. Like yeah. at the start when you're sort of like getting the tour around uh, Ruka's hometown this beautiful kind mm. of like green and blue seaside village yeah and occasionally yeah. when she's on the sand and um i think you were saying that the colors are a bit more muted a bit more realistic yeah i mean like we were discussing with uh, weathering with you um it's mm -hmm. it's colors while they're they're very bright and vibrant mm. and these the, it feels like they've taken some of that otherworldly brightness and dulled it down a bit so it feels more real yeah. um so it's it's not oversaturated it was less smooth I, I found that children of the seas animation was less smooth in appearance mm. not in movement oh movement was fantastic and, but yeah. i loved that about it i have to say my favorite setting my favorite um location um of all was her parents house yeah i absolutely loved it because i mean if for anyone who's ever been to for example bali you'll see that there's a lot um of similarities like you get a lot sort of crowded into one space mm. and you've got maybe the offerings on the floor and some plants over here and it's sort of like someone's um also uh, with the greenery growing outside yeah. and up it as well it felt very lived in it felt yeah. alive mm. and it did and, and established yeah like you said oh i absolutely loved it there was nothing like, and, and the way that um, I think when she walks away, there's some water that she walks through and the foley in mm. this film as well. And yeah, obviously we'll get to the sound, but um, yeah, mm. um, amazing. I actually had a bit where the foley actually kind of failed it for me. Oh, really? When oh. was that? Um, it's when Ruka is being led by um, one of the attendants at the um, aquarium. Oh, yeah into sort of like the back room and they're going through sort of like this uh, kind of like dark tunnel which yep. leads into the main attractions scene. And at that point, I don't know, you would, like I would expect the sound of footsteps to sort of be echoing off the walls mm. and then to sort of grow more, not not muted, what would I say, more sonorous as they got into like the main sort of area. Mm. But it remained consistent throughout and it's, uh, I there, there is a question also with whether that was done on purpose because of the way the shot was composed. Yeah, yeah. Like, she does feel quite alone at that point. So for her only to hear her own footsteps, you'll notice that it was only one set of footsteps as well, not two. Now so, you actually mentioned So maybe were... it was to, like a, a purposeful choice to say this is, you know, her feeling alone in this world. Now that you mention it, there are a few scenes like that, especially at the beginning. Like Yeah, definitely. But look, um, let, let, let's get on to the... I think I think you want to talk I about do. your bro Joe, don't you? 
my bro Joe. Yeah, yeah Joe Hisashi. I love that. <laughs> but that's not where I was going to go. Ah, um, I thought you had I wasn't going to, to go to Joe. Um, <laughs> we need to talk about where this came from and why it's important and why you should mm. see this film. Yeah. So this manga was nominated for both the 2008 and 2009 Tezuka Cultural Prizes. Whoa. Normally you only get nominated once. Yeah, it's kind of unsurprising that this would get nominated, but yeah. twice. It won Ooh. the Excellence Prize for the Japanese Media Arts Award in 2009, um, and th- the writer and creator was awarded a Japoon... Uh, Japoon. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. I love how you always, always end, end up, with up saying Japoon. It's because I'm trying to say Japan and cartoon. It's whenever it's the Japoon... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to keep this <laughs> in. Right. We have to keep this so, in. Car- Wish was awarded a Japan Cartoonist <laughs> Awards Excellence Award for his drawing of the manga in 2009. Colloquially Kyle called the Japoon, the Japoon Awards. Kyle can word. I can word today. Now, the film, as we mentioned, did have its world premiere and that was on May 19th, 2019 in Tokyo and then was released in Japan in June, um, followed by then France and now us. Um, I haven't found, I, I believe it has done the rounds in China and a fair chunk of Southeast Asia already um, in the last month or two, um, but there's no official details out just yet. Um, so look, let, let's talk about the people behind this. So director Watanabe Ayumu is the director for After the Rain and Ooh. Space Brothers, and he's been involved in almost 20 Doraemon films in the art and animation department. Okay. The producer, Tanaka Aiko, she's the founder of Studio 4 Degrees C. She's Ooh. also the CEO, and she's been involved in almost all their projects. However, here's what really struck me about her. She worked on My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, wow. Uh, do you have, do As a line producer. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh. So that, that kind of connects the, the connection to it. Because the style, when you look at it, visually, a lot of their work, I mean, th- there are some exceptions here, and I'll get to them in a minute, because they're pretty big exceptions. Mm-hmm. But whenever they do this style of film, it's very, it, it kind of has that similar feel to a Ghibli. I would say that, yeah. So Studio 4 Degrees C. Founded in 1986 by Tanaka Aiko mm-hmm. and released films such as Spriggan. Yes. Berserk Spriggan. Golden Arc Trilogy. Oh. Five segments of the Animatrix. Whoa. Yeah. And that I found, the Animatrix was mm. the most impressive. I mean, I loved the Matrix films, mm. but the Animatrix was absolutely out of this world of chops. It really was. Uh, the Animatrix, and uh, there was a similar one done for the recent Batman movies. But yeah, they were a great way to sort of like show different sort of anime directors and styles to the like wider world way yeah. back, b- w- like before the big sort of like open age of anime that we're experiencing today. Funny thing, Studio 4 Degrees C is also involved in creating video games, oh. um, including the Ace Combat Shooters game for the PlayStation, and some smaller TV series, including Japanese adaptations of typically Western um, animations such as Transformers. Mm. And uh, yes. oh, what was the other one? Thundercats. They did the reboot of <gasps> Thundercats. Really? Oh, actually, I remember that being um, like visually very nice. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be wondering why they're called 4 Degrees C. Five degrees C was taken? No. <laughs> the name origin comes from the temperature where water is its most dense. Oh. At four degrees, water is as heavy as it can get. So, oh. And so the atoms are as close together as they can get. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know why. I haven't been able to find out why. And that's obviously, that's not freezing. No. Okay. No, you've got you to hit that, that beautiful zero. 
for freeze. And then it's lighter, actually, because it's frozen, because they, they've had to spread apart. Uh, anyway. While um, you were uh, actually... No, no more science. <laughs> while you were researching them, I was researching the uh, writer, Igarashi Daisuke. He's written a bunch of fascinating things, including one I reckon you would be impressed by, Coco. Really? Mm. You it's, tell. It's called Little Forest. <gasps> And I take it by your reaction, you know of I've it. I've heard of this. Tell me more. Um, anyone out there hear of a game called Stardew Valley? Uh, it's that. It's a manga of basically This that. is Coco's favourite video game at the moment. This it's been her favourite video game for several years. It's my jam. It's basically a woman has no luck in the city. And so she moves to this little place in the countryside and makes her own farm. Oh, this And that's basically amazing. it. That, uh, and, more comfort. And... and, and Oh, it's just I was going to say, there's no there giant Totoro beasts or anything like that? No magical elements to it? Hold on, let me check. No. This, <laughs> this is Stardew Valley. <laughs> oh my God. What's it called? Little Forest? That's right. Oh, You're going to hunt for that, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. You, you won't get it till after Christmas, though, because mm. shipping and all that. Ouch. I'm, I can mm. wait. I can, can be wait. patient. Alrighty. I know it's there. It's there. Returning <laughs> to the uh, right. anime. So let, 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 let's go through this in order. Firstly, let's talk about the art. We did touch on it briefly, but... Mm. The art style throughout this film is pretty amazing. It's Beautiful. incredibly detailed. It's well thought out. The movement, the flow of everything works beautifully. In the close-up shots of like uh, facial expressions mm. and stuff, there's almost like a sketched-in quality, almost mm. cross-hatched to it. It, it feels very, very hand-drawn. Exactly, yes. Yeah. And mm. yeah, I just found that it almost um, contrasts with the like the water and the very, very almost photogenic landscapes. Yeah. What I noticed, um, have either of you seen or heard of a film called The Man Who Planted Trees? I've heard of it. It is mm. absolutely stunning. It tells okay. the story. Um, I believe that it's told as a true story, but it's not technically true. Or, But anyway. So, so um, like a, a re, uh, dramatic mockumentary, so not a comedy no, mockumentary. It's not a mockumentary. It's oh, okay. just a story about this man who plants thousands of trees and a forest grows because of him and the way that the animation is done in that and the way the movement comes across reminds me oh like this film reminds me of that okay yeah because there's so this is an animated yeah oh. it's an older animated film um i suggest everyone to try and source it and watch it i don't believe it's on i haven't looked to see where it is because i haven't seen it for a very long time mm. but so this is the yeah. man who planted trees the man who planted trees yes is it a english or japanese or other i country? feel like it's oh no, I have no, no idea. idea you're just I'm sort of getting these out. memories recalled right yes. does it have dialogue no, I believe I it's feeling. it's uh, lacking dialogue. Well, then it won't matter what language you're speaking, <laughs> folks. Go have exactly, a look. Exactly, exactly. Um, this film seemed to play a lot with that as well. There were moments of just silence and stillness mm. in it, which a lot of films just sort of don't get and don't know how to work with. Yeah, I mean, we, we did see, like, all through the 80s, there was a very strong use of silence in films, and, and 70s as well, like, to impart a, a visual look or, you know, stress stress an uh, element of that situation. I'm instantly reminded of uh, the ending of Akira, the great yeah. singularity. I remember seeing that at the cinema, just full of people in this sort of anime popular culture scene like us. And just hearing the silence and the reverence in that moment was just mm. oof. And, and then the one guy opening his packet of chips and everyone staring at him deathly. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, this film dealt with stuff like that at certain mm. points as well. Just of Ruka pausing to look out over the ocean or to just sort of look out over her town. Mm. Like when she's 
Ah. Now, we, we should move on to my bro, Joe. Yes. Your bro, Joe. Hisashi Joe is the man, the myth, the legend. This is only his second film that he has done uh, since he joined Studio Ghibli, which is not a Ghibli. Hmm. So that is, he, um, let me have a look here. Scores for this movie and Nino Kuni, which is also coming out this year. Um, actually, it's come out in Japan already. Um, and they are his first, first for a non-Studio Ghibli animated feature since he did Venus Wars in 1989. Whoa. And that was exactly was almost 30 years wow. and one month earlier. Okay, but I've got to um, put a caveat on that. Nino Kuni is basically Ghibli. Yeah. It's like a video game Ghibli, and I'm so happy it's getting an animation. Mm-hmm. When's it coming out? We don't know. Uh, it's it's already aired in Japan last okay. month, um, went to their cinemas. Um, however, we do not have an international release date or confirmation of one at this mm. stage. I'll so. throw a bet down on April. I'm going to push even further. I, re- I reckon because it might be considered a niche film, it might take... Because, I mean, this took seven months yeah, and it still hasn't right. aired in Japan. I reckon we might get it June. Oh. Can I make another point about the animation before we okay. dive straight into the sound? Mm-hmm. Um, this film has hundreds of sea creatures yeah. featuring in it. And the animation of these creatures and the way they move is just absolutely incredible and the way the camera follows them as well mm. it's stunning it is absolutely it's, stunning it's interesting that you actually use the word camera when we're talking about animation because <laughs> we and we've seen this as well like Babylon from this season as well yeah. they've mm. used camera movement in yes. what would typically be a static shot in most yeah. animation except they're mm. obviously not using a camera exactly but it's that mm. they mimic its use it, it's the interpretation of how powerful that movement mm. can be and mm. I haven't looked into this yet but i'm wondering if um it's got anything you remember the animated beauty and the beast Mm -hmm. the best one yeah by (laughs) far um they had to actually um create a new kind of camera yeah for shooting the ballroom dance scene because of the amount of frames it required because that it? was in the early days of CG, yeah. 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 It, well, it, I, it, I don't know if it was the. C- I don't think it was CG. I think it was the fact that there there was such an, a large amount of movement that mm. had to be filmed and to the show the they, movement without mm. actually causing choppiness. And remember how in the film where they're dancing, the camera starts up high and then zooms mm-hmm. right down and right into them and then sort of flies away. It's so beautiful. Yeah. There's just something you wa- wouldn't be able to do with a conventional camera in live action. Well, well you, you, you can. Could. You just and get you, a really good crane, o- crane operator or mm. a really good drone. I'm going to go there crane right. because otherwise, you know, all you get on the audio mics is Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to find out more we about will. that. Anyway, um, so yes. let's, let's, I mean, Back we don't, to sound. Let, let's <laughs> be honest, sound we can probably co- cover pretty quickly. If you've seen any Studio Ghibli film, you are going to love the audio mm. used in this film, both s- its, its music and the way it's composed and the way it is utilized. Heck, if you've seen Interstellar, that movie from last year, was it? Uh, a couple, tw- years, a couple of years now, 2017. Yeah, uh, I think. Very similar, just the symphonic kind of orchestra sound, especially mm. in the uh, last half hour, is just yeah. Whoa, yeah, it's it's, it's exquisite. And like Interstellar, um, Hisaishi makes good use of single instruments mm. to carry the the melody and as well as silence. Yeah, like so it's beautifully used in this film. We we've mentioned the plot. We're going to say, I, I think we can fairly quickly cover the story by saying it's amazing, but no spoilers for it. We do have to discuss 
the what? last quarter yep. of the film. Now, How? this is a mild spoiler um, in the fact that we're going to kind of say some things which are make going to make you go, what? But it has to be, you, you need to know this going in. This film gets very strange. And it's, it's not... Ver- it's about, it's kind of theoretical, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so what, uh, essentially the last quarter of the film, if you've seen, let's say, the end of Evangelion, like the last three episodes of that. Or 2001 A Space 2001 Odyssey. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, I'm trying to think of, I swear there was another one, uh, Love, which was made by Angels and Airways, oh, wow. which is yeah. a yeah, it was Tom DeLonge's, Tom DeLonge's film. film, which was a very um, artist, art house sort of independent film. Um, all of these things have one thing in common. They kind of strip away all of the environments and everything and focus on just the characters involved in things which don't make too much sense visually. They kind of they're tr- transcend the normal. They're, they're trying to deliver a message, and this is... I, I think you could almost say this is art in its rawest form for a filmmaker. Oof. They are trying to... I, I don't know if they're trying to compa- pass on an emotion or a thought or an ideal through visuals without speaking it because it's hard to v- verbally speak it. But it can make... if you just Just going in, just be aware, that last quarter can utterly exhaust you. Oh, yeah, the uh, trailer, it does not prepare you for it. The trailer makes yeah. it look like it's going to be like a summer romance between this girl yeah. and this boy <laughs> and they, there's some kind of magic stuff and they're down more. at the ocean. Uh, yeah, the trailer does not prepare you for what's coming. I Just think I think that one thing that might prepare you is if you remember that all life on Earth originated in the sea. The sea. Which um, I think is kind of essentially where it was heading. Yeah, see, my interpretation of what I saw was that it was an allegory or um, a retelling of a creation myth. Mm. And it's not necessarily the creation of the universe on its own. It's also the creation of life. Mm. So that's my understanding of... Yeah. It, it could literally be interpreted as like the origin of life like you know how we go oh might we find life on mars or another planets or something like that in the ice this could be seen as the interpretation of the moment that life springs forth Mm -hmm. and also maybe of the of the fact that life is everywhere will always be everywhere in just whatever shape or form it takes um either way uh, i think from a viewer perspective and especially for for you listeners who are uh, tuning in on this Go in expecting something strange, but with the idea that this is being used as a massive metaphor for what's actually happened in that scene. According to a few sources, a lot more about the ending is explained in the manga, and I'm keen for that. So there are a few reviews online saying that while the film is fantastic, that ending part is explained a lot clearer in the manga. I almost don't want it to be as clear, though. I like how mm. mysterious it was. Even so, like even to the point where people at the end in the story are just like, huh? Oh, and stay after the credits. There's more yeah. story. Yep, oh, yes. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Don't leave as soon as it starts rolling. <laughs> yeah, like half our audience like left when we were and in We were there. like, no, wait, wait. We think there's something coming. And there was. There so, was. Yeah, it, it's not like a preview after. for the next film. It actually finishes off the story. It ties it up. It's mm-hmm. lovely. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I can't really think of too much more to say to explain no. that segment because you you need to see it. Yeah. Um, there's I think a reason you need to see it twice. Th- there's a reason we took a few days before recording this because uh, if you listen to our Promare review, you'd know that we immediately had to talk about that because we like, oh, th- that I had incredible. to digest this. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it was until you and I were driving to pick some stuff up, Kenny, that I actually kind of went to you and went, actually. I don't <laughs> think Promare required much interpretation. This no. is very different. This is it, it has a very strong element to art house in that last quarter, mm-hmm. in like, a good way. But you don't have to understand what's going on to enjoy the film. You no. just kind of have to go along with the just, ride, clear yeah. in the knowledge that even the characters themselves don't actually know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. I mean, th- there are bits of... It, this isn't just so you know, like a, a blank canvas where stuff is flashing on the screen with no audio. There is still dis- there's still talking between characters. There is audio there is music as uh, Coco was saying about yeah the orchestra you know dropping down with single instrument then silence then building back up and crashing down like a wave you know perfect Mm. metaphor for this film to be honest absolutely um but yeah look this is uh this is an incredible film i need to say it again i am so happy that i'm getting to see more and more anime movies on the big screen oh yeah absolutely ah it's one it's of the best places to see them. What a time. Is. Especially for the audio, because that rumble. Oh. <laughs> Good job, Anyway, Joe. so look. Good job, um, for, our, for our listeners in the US, <laughs> the UK and Europe, um, when this does hit your screens over there, please go and see it. Because, th- I mean, th- this is something you don't get to see very often. This is a phenomenal film. And it needs that cinema experience yeah. at least once. I feel like if you watched it at home, just like with 2001 Space Odyssey, no matter how big your screen is, that pitch black darkness with just nothing but sound and the visuals mm. makes you so much more aware of what you're seeing on the screen for this. Um, I can't imagine it being as effective at home. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's my... Uh, that's your take. Well, I would, <laughs> I would say that's my $26.19 of minutes of talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, we should uh, probably wrap up because we've yes. been chatting for quite a while. Kawaii Radio. Well, that is the lowdown of Children of the yeah. Scene, Kaiju no Kodomo. We're trying not to give you any spoilers. I think we did an okay job on that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Now, our next episode is going to be a special one, I believe. Yes. Um, so, yes. full disclaimer ahead of time. This next episode is the 2019 Kawaii-Fi Anime Awards special. The first, first annual award. annual award. Now, this means that there will not be the usual news and preamble and discussion of other shows. We are getting straight stuck into this because this year has had a stonking amount of anime come out worth talking about. Uh, Stonking is a technical term. Stonking is a technical term. It's weighed in metric tons. It's very (laughs) difficult for us to pick out where these awards are going. So we're going to be as surprised as you guys are. Because we've got a voting system and a voting adjudicator. And we're going to pass our votes to her. And she's going to go through it. That uh, lady is not Coco, just uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to completely clarify that. It's all we're very actually official. doing this legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be finding out on air, just as you will be, who the winner of each category is based mm-hmm. on our votes. Um, we will run through how the specifics of that work next episode, but uh, we'll be back in a week's time with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy, uh, for those celebrating your Christmas and holiday seasons, enjoy yourselves. Uh, we'll see you on the mm-hmm. other side. And until next time, watch some anime! anime.